welcome to Scary Basement. Each week, me and my friend Mikey are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, wherein lurks every scary thing that has ever been, including an evil tree man, a camera that steals your soul when it takes your picture, a cute little dog possessed by a demon, and a killer tomato who has vowed not to kill again. Yet, I'm Roxy Polk. And I'm Mikey McCaller. Mikey, let's start out, as we always do, with the uh, scariest things that happened to us this week. So what went down in your life outside of the scary basement that spooked you to your very bones? Roxy, I read a damn creepy pasta that was very short oh? <laughs> and haunted me. Ooh, which one? I will one? read it for you now. Okay. I wonder if I've heard this before. Um, it's like one of those internet posts. So uh-huh. it's just got a picture of a deer. Oh. In the woods. Okay. And it says, I was hunting with my grandfather for my 19th birthday about a year ago, and we both watched a deer slam its head into a rock until its antlers and skull were shattered. Um. Once its brains were everywhere, it tried to lick them up and looked like it couldn't even use its jaw or tongue right. So it just stood upright like a fucking human and just walked into the river and died. We what? left immediately, and my granddad was fucking terrified. I haven't been near woods since, and he moved to Florida with my grandmother for, quote, safety reasons. A truly terrifying story about how little we understand about nature. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like it, like, had rabies or something. Like, there was something wrong with it. Uh that's Trying to terrifying. lick up your own brains, I think, is the scariest thing I can imagine. Yeah, and then it walking on its hind legs and then just walking in some water and dying. Like, I, I thought it was, like, maybe going to start jumping from tree to tree or something, and it was going to <laughs> transform into something else. But no, it it just went and died. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people walking through the woods saw it and, and looked at it as a beacon of hope. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this deer, deer can get through that. Why can't I All right. get through my current layoff at my job? Uh, no, Mike, you're just going to walk into the river and die. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> the symbol of hope is dead. Not the worst idea I've ever heard. Roxy, what was the scariest thing that happened to you this week? Kind of similarly, I've been listening to some scary stories. So I think it was either last week or maybe a couple weeks ago that I told you about how I actually got down a rabbit hole of YouTube videos recounting people's scary stories and happenings in the woods. Mm. So similarly, maybe that's where that deer story came from, too. It would fit right in. The woods are scary, dude. They are like, terrifying. We should not go in the woods anymore. I, I never want to. Like, these stories, I never really liked going in the woods before, but after, like, listening to all these stories, I'm like, there's no point. The risk is that you get disappeared forever or, like, kidnapped by a Sasquatch or... <laughs> and the reward <laughs> is that you, what, go camping? Camping yeah. is stupid. It, like, feels gross. You don't get to take a shower. There's no pl- indoor plumbing. Like... Uh, the majesty of nature is pretty, but <laughs> I don't. I have so many friends who love camping. You do. I, I have so many friends who love camping, and I don't want to shit on their thing. And I know a lot of people love it, and they appreciate it. But I, it's I don't get it. I don't get why you would make your life harder for a vacation. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Like I get going on a hike to go see like a pretty spot where it's like a couple hours out of your day. You know, and you're not investing in carrying a giant pack and then you have to sleep out there and stuff like. Yeah, you yeah. don't sleep. The, what was the scary thing you saw? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, anyway, big old tangent. So because I was listening to those, I ended up dominoing into a whole bunch of scary stories about people going into caves, specifically caves and having bad things happen, including underwater caves. And I I couldn't, I'm not exactly talking about like one in, one specific story, but just 
I'm terrified of being trapped in a cave. The first scary movie I picked for us to watch was The Descent because that's sure. scary. We were just talking about, yeah, why would you ever go to the forest, make your life harder, and then, yeah, maybe you disappear forever? Who knows? A cave is even more so, like, why would you ever go there? There's so many people who are like, I want to chart this really weird, fucked up cave that nobody has ever done before just so I can put my name on it, I guess. And then they get trapped yeah. in there and die and people can't even take their bodies out because it's like so messed up down there. Who are you, Magellan? You don't need to go explore the unknown, all right? Just stay in the known. <laughs> stay in New Jersey. Franklin Jersey already found New Jersey, put his name on it, and nobody remembers him. Well, also, what is the payoff? You just have mapped, like, a cave system. Like, it's not like you're going to find some unknown civilization or creature or, like, I don't know, treasure that a pirate left. I don't know. Well, the payoff is just that you get to put your name on the thing and just be like, yeah, I'm I'm hardcore because I traveled all the way down there. Yeah, you can just buy the, buy your, uh, the rights to name a star. <laughs> feels like way less dangerous you fill out some paperwork and move on with your life i feel like there's also going to be a way for in the future just send a robot or something in there because there's tiny spaces that humans can't fit into like one of the spooky ones well not spooky but like a uh, really tragic stories was about this older guy who was going with a group of people and for some reason just like his rope snapped and he got super injured and they couldn't pull him out because you have to be able-bodied to like squeeze through all of these openings and like shimmy your way through these segments, and it's like they literally couldn't pull him out unless they dismembered him after he died, because, spoiler alert, he died in the cave, and that was the only way they could pull him out, and it still took days. Horrifying. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> that's my scary thing for this week. Of course, the humans would want to send a robot into a dangerous place because you're too scared. No concern if the robot gets hurt. Oh, demon bot. <laughs> we, were, we were talking shit about robots and we didn't realize that the More like the robot would be here. more capable demon bot. The robot would be better at it than the human. So I was complimenting the demon bot. I don't know about you, Mikey. Well then, that would be different. Anyway, this week you were assigned the 2018 film Headcount, directed by L. Callahan and starring Isaac J., J. Lee, and Ashley Morgan. Did you watch the film or your soul's forfeit? Yes, I Roxy, watched. I did watch the movie Headcount. Did yeah. you? Yes, I did watch the movie Headcount. Good, then you may keep your souls. At least so long as you remember to respect robots. Okay, yeah, so Mikey, we watched Headcount this week. We uh, did. It was a 2018 movie. It's currently available on Tubi. Tubi, right? which means it's for free. It Love was. It. it was on Netflix at one point. Like, I originally watched it on Netflix, but then, yeah, I think I saw it on Tubi this time around. Roxy, for anybody who hasn't seen the film Headcount, what do you say we do a quick plot recap? Yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. All right. Headcount. The movie begins with a spooky poem. A history is a vengeful thing. Five times its names you never sing. With skin pale white and eyes of green, it's something you've already seen. And then the first shot of the movie is a pale college boy with green eyes. Just what's going on? Who is this? It's our main character, Evan, who is unable to go with his cool friends on a trip and is instead spending spring break with his weirdo brother, Peyton, who lives in a trailer out in the middle of the desert. His bro meditates and gets high on life, but not drugs. The two go <laughs> on a hike and encounter a group of college kids who are smoking weed and partying in the middle of nowhere. Evan wants to hang with them, hitting it off specifically with a girl named Zoe, who also seems to be hitting it off with him. Uh, but Brother Peyton isn't really feeling the hangout. As the two brothers depart together, Evan is bummed out to not be partying with the cute girls that he likes. 
Peyton notices this and tells his brother to go ahead and hang with them. He doesn't want to stand in the way of him meeting a girl he likes. Peyton has basically become the stand-in parent, being both a father and mother figure to Evan. So he lets his brother go, even when he obviously wanted to spend time with him. College kids drink and party, and then get down to telling spooky stories around the campfire. One kid tells a terrifying tale. Then, it's Evan's turn. He's the new guy in the group, better not fuck it up. Unfortunately, he's an awkward kid and doesn't really know what story to tell. So the group gives him a website, and he chooses a random spooky story to tell. It's more like a poem, really. It's about a creature called the Hishji. Evan reads out the story, saying its name five times. And it's the exact same line at the beginning of the movie that we saw. Unfortunately for Evan, his story completely bombs, everyone thinking it's kind of lame, which is not fair. He is just reading from a website. <laughs> it's the website that's lame, not Evan. Truly. <laughs> and everyone makes that connection that, therefore, Evan is the one who is lame, not the story he read. They then decide to go back to drinking. As the group heads inside... A door to the nearby cabin closes on its own. Zoe and Evan go to the hot tub and drink tequila. There they talk about their group of friends and get a little flirty, eventually sharing a kiss. However, they hear a noise and see someone standing in the dark in the distance watching them with glowing eyes. Not sure what they're seeing, they go back inside the house to drink with the others. Eventually, Evan and Zoe spend the night together. Strangely, the next morning, Evan awakes and finds the front door wide open. He then checks the nearby cabin, and he finds a strange symbol burned into the wall, and it's a fresh burn at that. Equally strange. Then a similarly strange blonde woman shows up <laughs> behind him and disappears the moment Zoe shows up. The group starts their morning with drinks and weed and then goes on a hike. Evan says they're missing someone, the blonde girl he saw earlier, but the others have no idea who he's talking about. While on the hike, Zoe falls off a small cliff, injuring her ankle, and says that it was felt like she was a passenger in her own body while it happened. One of the group members also appeared to be in two locations at once, further confusing everyone about what's going on. Later that night, Peyton shows up, worried about his brother not contacting him or coming home for several days when he said he would. The group accused Peyton of being the one messing with them and showing up outside the other night. He says it wasn't him and reveals that the only reason why he knew where Evan was was because he has a teen tracker on Evan's phone, <laughs> an app for parents to keep track of their little baby kids. <laughs> Peyton has done this since he had to be a parent to uh, his little brother after their actual parents died. The group makes fun of Evan for this, which is insane. So, embarrassed, Evan refuses to go home with Peyton and stays with the rowdy college kids, even though they're all laughing at him, thinking he's lame. It's really a big L for Evan. Peyton leaves. The kids start drinking and playing games again. The number five starting to show up more and more as the night wears on. During the game, a duplicate of one of the group shows up. One guy is sitting at the kitchen table, and then that same guy leans in from the kitchen and is like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> That's when the lights go out. The kids search for the intruder and find no one. The drinking continues, and they all get blackout drunk. That's what I'd do if I found a monster in my house, you know. <laughs> uh, the next morning, the number five shows up in almost every object around the house. Five bottles, five images on a painting that weren't like that the night before. Five stacks of hot dogs in the fridge, you know. <laughs> Normal stuff. Uh, noticing something is off, Evan investigates the history legend more online and finds out that actual real-life disappearances have been linked to the history story. And repeating it five times is what started it, just like he did. Freaked out, Evan decides to leave and go to his brother's place. He doesn't want none of this anymore. However, as he's about to leave, Zoe, who should still be too injured to go outside, stops Evan from leaving by seducing him with a little kiss. <laughs> he agrees to go on one last hangout with her. 
It's so funny to me that you would be too injured to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, my ankle is broken, and if it touches the air. <laughs> when Evan shows up to get in the car, the others tell him that Zoe won't be coming, and in fact, she's still in bed. She's too injured to go outside. <laughs> Confused, Evan still decides to go along with the group, and on the way there, he realizes that there are five people back at the house, and now five people outside the house. Sensing that something is wrong, Evan insists they go back ASAP and drive through the night to get back to the house. When they return, they find blood outside the house in a ring encircling the whole place. Also, the house is completely ransacked and messed up inside with a strange altar of trash arranged in multiples of five. There's also evidence that people may have killed themselves, but no bodies. As if the corpse had been deleted from existence, but that toaster in the bathtub full of water that <laughs> did them in is still there. They find Zoe outside, and Evan knows it isn't her anymore. It's the Hisgy. As the rest of the crew makes it back, there are now five people in the house again. <laughs> it's number five. It's popping up everywhere. The Hisgy Zoe compels the others to start killing themselves. The creature then reveals itself to be a horrifying monster with gray and human skin and giant green bug-like eyes. The kids run and barricade themselves inside the house, trying to run from the Hisgy. However, its power can compel those in its domain to do what they want, causing them to start killing themselves. Soon, Evan is the only one left. Evan fails to stop the others in their suicidal tasks and runs, only to find that he can't leave the creature's domain. He keeps ending up right back where he started, seeing the entire area reflected in a mirror image. He finds refuge in the small cabin that had the marks on the wall that he saw earlier, huddling there, knowing he cannot fight this creature. With the last of his strength, he leaves a message on his brother's cell phone, apologizing to him for abandoning him and treating him like shit, and saying that he really loves and appreciates him. Figure looms over Evan, and we cut to the next day. Peyton arrives at the house looking for his brother, but the place seems empty and abandoned, but otherwise unscathed. The aftermath of the night before is nowhere to be seen, aside from the now burnt-down old cabin in the yard. Suddenly, Evan shows up, jump-scaring Peyton, and apologizing for being such a jerk. He now seems jazzed to hang out with Peyton, and especially with Peyton's hippie friends, unlike before, much to Peyton's delight. And as Evan's eyes shine bright green in the mirror of the car, we know this is not Evan, but the history, assuming his form, and that Peyton and his friends will become his next victim. Roxy! That is the movie Headcount. That's the movie Headcount. Ooh, we got a Hisgy. Yeah, I've never which, heard of this Hisgy creature before either, so I don't know if they thought of it up for the movie or what. It does seem like it's uh, an invention of the movie, and if if not, I don't know if it has some cultural backing, but... Yeah. Do you do this? I, I feel like I've done this for throughout my entire life, hmm. where I count five syllables in the lyrics. Oh, really? I yeah. have not done that. So I like on on my fingers, I'll go like, and sugar, we're going down swinging. And if it gets into a multiple of five, I'm like, now that's a good chorus. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I've done that. For Are my you secretly life, the history, Mikey? You really love the number five. I no. <laughs> I'm just a normal man. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, if you were the history and you didn't tell me, then what even is our friendship anymore? How can you keep something like that for Roxy, me? I promise you, if I ever become a history, I will tell you. You better. Okay. And I'll ask you to invite three of your favorite friends. Oh, I'll tell, okay. I'll <laughs> gotcha. Roxy, what did we think of this movie? It's kind of, it's, it's got kind of a The Thing vibe. It's got teenagers who don't know each other super well and suddenly can't trust each other. 
Yeah, I like how it kind of puts us in the mindset of the main character, Evan, because he is a stranger to this friend group. Because usually with these types of movies, you know, it would be like mm. a group of friends who know each other all going on like, you know, a camping trip to drink and hang out and have sex and whatever, like most slasher type movies. But they kind of That's a good that. call. They're, yeah, they do uh, the, what the TV pilots do, where there's like a new person at the office. And as we go around and introduce him to everybody at the office, they yeah. are getting to know the characters while we get to know the characters. No, that's Because we know just as much as he knows. Because like he likes jo Zoe and they seem to be vibing. And then her one friend seems like really intent on like trying to hook them up kind of. But there's <laughs> Zoe's ex-boyfriend is there who doesn't really like them. So it's this dude who is kind of like a dick to him for the entire time and you don't find out till later it's because zoe is his ex and she broke up with him so he's like butthurt over it about like just this new guy coming in let's talk about this incredible relationship that we find out way too late in the movie there's like yeah. a guy who's kind of a stereotype i think his name is max i can't remember and but sure he seems he's like just max. like a stereotypical jock who's like kind of a dick to evan yeah and then we find out <laughs> we find out roxy that evan our character just came out of nowhere zoe invited him back and this is like max's ex like yeah it's like also is, is max with somebody else like everybody is in a couple, yeah he's right? he's got a new girlfriend yeah so that's the thing that like when they're in the hot tub she finally gives him the lowdown on like everybody's relationship except for the fact that what's his face is her ex-boyfriend because she probably doesn't want to mm -hmm. add to the baggage when she's trying to get with this new guy but he's like, sure. she's like, yeah, everybody's in a relationship. So I am like the ninth wheel. <laughs> I'm the only one who's single and everybody else is dating each other. Which is, oh, real, real relatable. So it's got to <laughs> make like bummer. his current girlfriend feel like shit that he's still like getting all weirdly butthurt and defensive over his ex. I was very excited about that twist. And I honestly forgot that because here's the thing. This movie, it's called Headcount. So much of it is about there are 10 people here. Five and five, they're constantly doing the, like, how many people are here? One, two, three, four, five. Because the history, we should say, I don't know if we've said it yet, the history gets its power from the number five. Yeah, and also its whole deal is that it assumes people's image. So, like, at the beginning when we read the poem, you know, it says, it's something you've already seen, which, like, you something don't quite know what already seen. that means until later, and that's because it will just take the spot of other people. So that was one of the interesting mm -hmm. things to rewatch this. Because I kept looking for that. I'd be like, which one is it? Where mm. is it? Is there a duplicate? And like seeing the number five show up a lot more, it, it shows up in things that you wouldn't expect. So it was really neat on a rewatch to kind of like uh, deconstruct it kind of like a puzzle a bit too. I could see that. I, I, I would say my major issue with this movie is that it takes a long time to get into the fun of it. It definitely does. There's way too much time spent on like the kids kind of dicking around and not as mm -hmm. many like kind of spooky instances but i think it kind of approaches it in such a grounded way with evan does feel very awkward and like who wouldn't be with this group of new people you're trying to impress mm -hmm. evan seems like a normal not me i'd be like hey i'm gonna be myself and they'd be like whoa you're That's pretty cool mikey mccaller yeah there you go well, our main character, he's obviously kind of, he feels like he can't really be himself. I don't know. He's, he, ain't me. he doesn't come across very confident at all. So I think it, it really kind of puts you in his shoes in like a more realistic way than I, mm -hmm. than you would have thought. Like, I suppose the acting and maybe the script writing is what we could credit about how like, mm -hmm. it does feel very naturalistic to be like, yeah, this is the new kid who like, some of these people are like nice enough that they don't care either way. And then yeah, some people are openly hostile. And it's kind of like, how do you <laughs> in ingratiate yourself or just integrate yourself into this new group of people that you want to be a part of just like instantly. And I will say 
this movie, I feel like like I want to call this movie uh people I took an improv class with colon oh, the movie. Really? Like, all of these people I have had improv class. There's like the doofy stoner guy uh-huh. who does like weird little bits that nobody else gets. There's the guy who's hostile for no real reason. There's the girl who's just like, let's go on an adventure. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's wild. And then we have the people whose their whole personality is that they drink and do a lot of drugs. Yeah. And that in early improv classes, Roxy, is ubiquitous there's someone who's just like well what if the funny part of this scene is that we were doing drugs and it's like that's not funny drugs are never funny you can do funny things while on drugs but drugs aren't the joke yeah frustrating (laughs) yeah and so i i totally agree that they spent too much time on that like i think in some ways like i said the interactions even if they are naturalistic and like effective in their own way it's kind of like but it doesn't need to be like we don't this is kind of just padding in a way or like Mm -hmm. we're just kind of counting down them getting drunk before a spooky thing happens and some of it feels like it might be a way to take us off guard because for instance when they're playing that drinking game and the way the camera is panning and then you see the second guy pop up from the doorway Mm -hmm. right next to the other guy who's we don't know which one is the real guy honestly Mm -hmm. then that like takes you by surprise uh, same with like them in the hot tub and you just pan over and you see this figure standing there just staring at them, not doing mm-hmm. anything, not moving, but just looking at them and his eyes don't look right. <laughs> and they're just like, maybe we should go inside. And then mm-hmm. they just like continue to get drunk and just act like it didn't happen, which is so <laughs> stupid. I do like this this idea of like tone setting. It's like we we set up this really natural relationship with these people. So then when we play with it just a little bit, it's 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 joyful right it's to yeah. see this this second version of this person just appear but they do a lot of it i feel like there's a yeah. lot of double beats in this movie i feel like i want to go through this script with like a red pen mm-hmm. and just be like you already told us this like we got yeah. that the his g thing i feel like they explain the concept of the his g seven to 24 times with a <laughs> conservative estimate uh i mean there's the poem at the beginning then there's the story that Evan tells, and then there's when he looks it up on the website. But I would have rather had them, yeah, spend more time in, like, the history's domain seeing it do things. I thought it was very interesting when they go back to the house and cross the line of blood, and, like, the house is turned inside out, and I said it was kind of, like, ransacked looking, but it's also just strange things, like there's a t-shirt, like, pinned to the wall in, like, a weird pattern that, like, doesn't need to be, and then, yeah, you see, like, the aftermath of, like, a fork jammed into an electrical socket. And when you first see that, you're like, what the hell is the deal with that? Mm -hmm. Um, And it isn't until you see like a noose in a closet and then, yeah, the toaster in the bathtub full of water, you're like, wait a minute. Okay, were people like preparing (laughs) ways to die or what? And then you learn that like the history is absorbing them or something. We don't exactly know what it does. It just says like, we're all gonna, we're all gonna be together vaguely. I will say, and you t- you tell me your opinions on this, Roxy. I felt like this movie sort of had the structure of a Twilight Zone episode. Yes, and yeah, yeah. I, I, this is going to sound crazy to say, I'm not a huge Twilight Zone fan because if we all got preferences, no, 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 I'm wrong. Oh, the Twi- listen, the Twilight Zone is objectively great, <laughs> but it's it's just like the way that the stories are structured. It just feels like there's a lot of plotting, and it builds up to one really fun moment at the end, mm-hmm. and. This movie, I think, is so much fun at the end when they reveal what the, what's going on and we're, like, kind of fighting it and we don't really have a chance and we're seeing yeah. all these, like, little five statues coming out. 
But thinking about that when compared to like a slasher movie where like we reveal what the monster is and then we see him do his thing a couple of times throughout the movie and build up to like the ultimate climax. I don't know. I just I think that's maybe a preference thing. That's just something I like a little more where we can like if there had been a couple of like fun little kills like they hint throughout this movie and then they do it. And I would like hint, do it, hint, do it, hint, do it. Yeah, I think the way that it sets it up, it's kind of like a spider crafting a web for them all to fall into. So, like, when Mm. they all do at the end, it's an interesting set of dominoes to watch. But I think because it's movie length, it it takes away from it. So I can totally see what you mean like that. Mentioning Twilight Zone, this would be so much better if it was more like 45 minutes or something. Like, I think it would be much more effective (laughs) if we could see it that way because you don't need that much setup. And, like, the CGI when you see the creature... I kind of almost wish they did. It's bad, right? It's very bad, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Sci-fi original channel movie kind of way when they show mm-hmm. the whole thing. When they show the close-up of the face, it's kind of okay. But then when they pull out to see the whole body, I was like, oh, no, you shouldn't have done that. You sh- <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. I, I think I would have preferred to just never see the creature. Yeah, either I you like... never see it or maybe practical effects or something. They, there was like a, a, like when we first see the creature in the hot tub. Yes. And we're like very far away from it. We just see like a silhouette with like little glints of eyes. Like, that's cool. Yeah, I thought it was very creepy, especially because you don't know what's going to happen when it happens, so it does take you off guard. There is something we didn't really talk about that I I think will kind of get us into the big idea of this movie. Mm. And this is, I, I think it's weird that the core of this movie, I would argue, the re- is the relationship between Evan and his brother Peyton. Yeah. And Peyton's not in most of the movie. Like, it's kind yeah. of an interesting way to develop this relationship, like, By his absence, we are learning more about him and learning more about Evan. Yeah, I think so too, especially because the way it sets it up with him being like, you know, kind of this parental figure for him and wanting to do what's best for him is how we get in this situation where he's like, okay, I'll I'll remove myself and like your obligation to me from this. You can go hang out with the cute girl you like. You can go hang out with these Mm -hmm. new kids and party. And yeah, he's definitely like the most likable character in the whole movie, I'd say, the Mm -hmm. brother Peyton Especially when we get the revealed is, yeah, their parents died. And, like, that's why he's right. like this. And, like, he's living in a trailer out in the middle of nowhere. Kind of like he lives like a hippie but doesn't, like, do drugs or anything. They're, he's trying to convince him to, like, want to go to this thing called a sound bath. Which <laughs> he describes as it being like you go and you sit in a place and they make some sound at you. And it makes it feel like you're vibrating in your bones or something. And it, like. And- to be clear, this is the only bath Peyton has participated in in <laughs> a long, long time. Who even knows? But yeah, like you can tell that he ca- he cares very much about his brother. And like the younger brother is doing the younger brother kind of petulant kid thing where like he doesn't want to feel tied down by him, but does mm-hmm. really care about him. Um, So it's like incredibly painful. I'm just like, God, stop being a dick to your brother. He's so nice and cares about you stuff. <laughs> yeah. I-, I think this movie sends... Evan on a pretty good arc where he starts out, you know, being a surly teen who's sick of his parental figure and then comes to realize that he misses him. The the hyperbolic extrapolation of this of of a real situation that I think this movie is playing with is this idea that like we can sometimes take our most important relationships for granted, yes. right? Like yeah. my brother is never going to abandon me and I've got these new exciting friends, but he doesn't really know these people. And I think, again, that's what's being dialed up here. He doesn't know these people. And even when he gets to know them, he finds out that some of them could be a history. Yeah. The idea that like it's morally incorrect to 
slice off the people who care about you the most for new people that you're like kind of excited about, I think is, uh, you know, it's like a, it does feel a little Aesop's fable-y. <laughs> like Maybe. by being yeah. as mean to his brother, Evan earned his fate by choosing these uh, nightmare creatures <laughs> that even before they literally became a nightmare creature. I could definitely see that take. I think, yeah, the the big idea for it for me too is, yeah, you you can sometimes take the people close to you for granted. Mm-hmm. And maybe don't do that at the expense of new friendships. Like he should be able to make new friends without like having to divorce himself from his brother and thinking that he needs to do that to stand out and be cool, mm-hmm. I guess. And then the history is like, eh, you tried to shortcut it by <laughs> not appreciating your family, I guess. There is also this question of like how well you know people yes. that I think is really interesting. Like, yeah. Coming throughout like this new group of people is also, even if there was not a literal monster, it's like. They could still be monsters. They could be, like, weirdly Yeah, cool you have no idea. Like, especially going to stay at this house they rented, and it's nine other people you don't know. And it's definitely, mm-hmm. like, a dude move. Like, I don't think any girl in that situation, no matter how into a dude she was, she, was, she would not go to that house alone. That's a great point. At least I sure as hell would not. My danger sensors would be like, oh, they're going to murder me. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Even if there were a couple other girls there who were like, Oh, you're so fun. Come hang with us. Like, mm, I mean, that would be more likely to uh, convince me for sure. But uh, I think at the same time, I'm I've seen too many I've I've seen too many <laughs> real life crime drama things. Too many <laughs> too many true crime podcasts have uh, learned me away from stuff like that. Um, but there's also the point that like our main character gets told so many times weird things happen and he should be listening to his gut, but he doesn't. He, like, brushes it Mm. off to be like, no, I still want to keep my cool with these guys. Because there's Mm -hmm. a couple times when the creature first shows up, he kind of, like, looks around the house and tries to make sure things are locked. And the dude, jock dude who doesn't like him, like, mocks him for being, like, a pussy about it. And then, Uh like, later when he, like, keeps doubling down, he's like, okay, fine, I'll lock it for you, you big weenie. Mm -hmm. And, like, makes a huge big show out of it. (laughs) This movie has such a, like, simplistic morality that it's just like, you should lock your door. And if... (laughs) Any characters in this movie who don't lock their door are villainous. Well, it's just such a weird thing to be like, oh, you want to be safe? What a lame Like, what? <laughs> Dude's weird. Because, like, nobody else really cares. In fact, some of them, I think, like, the blonde girl who was, like, trying to help Zoe get with Evan is like, why are you being such a dick about it? Like, you're weird. <laughs> but he just doubles down because uh, he's he doesn't like Evan getting with his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, no, we should, uh, everything in this movie that we see Max do, we should in our regular lives not do. Do the opposite. What did he do? do For the instance, opposite of that. hiking. There you go. St- I think still they were, hiking. At, at the end, like, so they go hiking a couple of times, and the one that they interrupt when uh, Evan's like, wait a minute, there's five people back there and there's five people here. Oh, shit. They're going to, like, go hike into an old abandoned mine. Like, that was what they were going to go do. It's like, okay, I'm glad you guys didn't do that, even though it would have been fun to see a different location. But, like, that was Max's idea. He was super jazzed about going into an old abandoned mine. It did feel like they were about to go and do the descent. Yes. Again. Yeah, yeah, it did. Which I wouldn't have mind. It would be very funny to me if in the middle of this movie, they just go and have an entire descent-style adventure where they find monsters (laughs) that they kill, and then they escape there, and then they continue on fighting the Hizji. There you go. There was also like- A side quest. Yeah. There was a subtle clue, too, about what happened to the family who owned that house that I didn't really notice my first time through. So, like, you see a photo, and there's five family members in the photo, one of which is a girl with long blonde hair, who you will see later 
Eben passes by her, I think maybe the second or third morning. She's sitting on the couch and he passes by her not thinking about it, but like because the door is open. So he's so focused seeing like, why is the door open? That's weird. Oh. Um, and that's when he goes and sees like the burnt symbol on the wall and then she's behind him. So the girl with long blonde hair is like following him out there to see him discover it. And that is that's like cool. one of the people from the family who lived there before. So you get the impression that everybody from that family got taken by the history before them. And I, that's why it's hanging out there as well. I Especially because, like, he doesn't really know the group of friends. So even though there's nine people who he's seen for, like, at least a day, you're, he didn't really keep it in his brain who they were. She sure. was drunk. So he's like, yeah, what about that girl with the long blonde hair? Where is she? And they're like, no, there's only one girl with blonde hair, and it's the one with the curly hair <laughs> who's standing right over there. And he's like, oh. That's a good catch. Okay. I I saw that photograph of the original family and was like, oh, I'll bet that'll come into play. And then remember thinking back on it, I was like, that never paid off but i guess it did i guess it yeah. did. i didn't notice the it. thing That's is cool. too like who did they rent it from i just kind of assumed it was like an airbnb thing so just like renting it for the weekend or something yeah so i didn't like that the airbnb profile picture was a um, silhouette with green eyes from very far away that was taken at night yeah they should have known better honestly so this movie also kind of deals with the aspect of this being an online legend that gets perpetuated kind of like a creepypasta like they find it randomly on a website mm. and just talk about it that way so how do you feel thinking about it like as oh what if any of these creepy pastas like some of them sound so goofy or things you've already heard before but what if secretly one of them is gonna kill you damn i had not considered that creepy pasta angle of it uh you're right i feel like a lot of creepy pastas have that element of and now by having read the story you too are going to be consumed by the majora's mask some, yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah. they are, right? Like they, they try to involve you, and mm -hmm. I do generally get freaked out by those. I guess there's a, a, a layer of separation between me and the characters in this movie that I wasn't necessarily like worried about it, but I do think like I like that angle. Yeah, I I think concept wise, it was a cool choice for them to make because yeah, we've read so many creepy pastas like that, you know, so it feels mm -hmm. familiar. And, like, they even dunk on it for sounding lame, because there's plenty of those ones written by someone who's 12 years old who read Slenderman fan fiction or something, the original Slenderman story, and was like, I'm going to make my own version of that. I will say, the way that they articulated that creepypasta-ish business, where Evan eventually, like, opens up a laptop and is, like, yeah, typing and hacking. He did and that it's thing like in every horror movie where the character has to go on the internet to find out about the legend of the thing, which is unfortunate that they couldn't avoid that trope that is in so and many And also, movies. like, it was, like, digitally distorting as yeah. though there was a ghost in the machine. It's like, the history doesn't have that power. The history doesn't... Yeah, why would it do that? Although, I guess, if it did rent them the Airbnb, the mm. history would be able to uh, call and cancel the internet. Uh, there you <laughs> go, yeah. He has to protect it. his online business. That's how he makes money in his off time. <laughs> it makes so much sense. Yeah, the history is like selling crystals. Yeah, like every time there's a group of five people, he's like, finally, I get to hunt again and be me. I don't have to waste all my time selling these crystals to idiot tourists. <laughs> he hates it. <laughs> Roxy, I got a question for you. Okay, do you? What is it? You ever... You ever tried real hard to hang out with the cool kids like our boy Evan did? Oh, man. There's probably like earlier examples that I don't know, I've blocked out of my mind or gotten over so I don't remember it anymore. Uh, but there was definitely a part at like the beginning of college where something like that sort of happened. It was more oh. just about trying to make friends in general. Roxy, was I the cool kid you were trying to make a friend with? Uh, no, you weren't at the time, but oh, you, okay. you were a cool kid in college, Mikey. <laughs> 
So you would have been here. Hell yeah, I was. But so I had like a really weird setup of how I would fly to college because the Alaska Airlines had a partner ticket thing. So there was like one other kid from my hometown who was going to the same college as me. Okay. Our parents had met up. We had talked and stuff to like figure out how we were. They had gone down to visit the college. So we talked to them to be like, what's it like? Because getting a plane ticket to go down there with several people is very expensive because it was in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So our, our parents were like, hey, we'll save on uh, airfare by having this companion fare, which is first ticket is full price. Second ticket is half price. So we were like travel companions for several years. This guy, mm-hmm. very cute, very handsome. And he got along pretty well with people. Like he was relatively popular. And it definitely felt like we travel in different circles of people. And like I, we kind of attempted to sort of be friends at the beginning. So I remember mm-hmm. like hanging out with him and some other people and being like so paralyzed of saying the wrong thing that I would just be really quiet because I wouldn't have as much no. to say. And then eventually it just kind of became the thing that he just thought I was a really quiet person or something. And I was like, I'm, I'm not, though. I just don't know what to say to you and your friends, whatever we're talking about here. <laughs> Roxy, were they all wearing sunglasses and smoking cigarettes? Yeah, and it was at night, too. So that's how you knew they were really cool. That's pretty cool. Um, were, Did they have a... Uh, uh, <laughs> the glowing green eyes and uh, okay, pallid gray skin. Yeah, they all did. I should have known they were his cheese. I was going to ask if they had the Red Ranger action figure because I, my, in my brain, I was like, what is the coolest thing that the cool kids I knew had? And I do remember the one of the coolest kids in my high school, or high school. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, <laughs> really? In elementary school was that he got the Red Ranger action figure before the rest of us. Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, funny story, though, that guy eventually abandoned me at an airport one time when they fucked up with tickets and I was crying in an airport by myself. <laughs> That sucks. Uh, it was very traumatizing. And uh, yeah, I didn't think he was that so cool or attractive cool. after that. So I was like, yeah, probably a good idea. I didn't uh, spend time trying to become better friends with someone like that. Ugh. Anyway, Mikey, what about you? When was the time you tried to hang out with the cool kids and it went possibly wrong or something okay. happened? <laughs> I remember in fourth grade, there was a kid who was super cool. And we did like, we would always like change our seating arrangements. For whatever reason. Uh-huh. And I got sat next to him. And I was so excited. I was like, this is my chance. And a few days in, this is so embarrassing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did two truly embarrassing things. Okay. Number one, at some point, I asked this kid whose name was Sam. I asked Sam, Sam, would you consider you and me friends? Oh, oh no, Sam. It's and he went so like, Sam. yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess so. Uh, so that was cool. But then the other thing okay, was Okay, wait. Sam okay, so instantly he was like, yeah, it's fine. Problem solved? Or... Okay. Yeah. Okay, there's a second part to this. You ask somebody that. I mean, when we you're a little st- kid, how old did you say you were again? It was fourth grade, so uh, what? Eight or nine? Yeah, I don't think if somebody had asked me, I would even think twice about that. I'd be like, yes or no. Mm. It feels like kid logic where you can say that and have that said to you and not really think too much about it. But as an adult, yeah, it's kind of a strange thing to say, I suppose. I... I feel a deep shame about that. <laughs> I don't think you should, thing. but I understand why you do. I'm sorry, child Mikey. <laughs> Sam had a, a little catchphrase that he said. He had a cat named Frisk. Frisky. He was the cool kid and he had a catchphrase. Okay. Yeah. 
And he would just be like, oh, frisky fresh. I remember him saying a lot. Oh, frisky. Oh, look, now this is frisky. Like, you can kind of picture that kind of verbiage catching on as a kid. He was trying to make frisky happen. He's trying to make like it be the the new it word. (laughs) Sam was cool enough that he did make frisky. He made happen. frisky happen. Oh he my made god! Frisky happen. And we all were saying, "Okay, well frisky now, so now, much. now I know how cool he is. Now you have established and it, it came correctly. from his cat. Uh huh. And so this was the year that my cat had kittens, and oh. so we had these five new cats that we had to name. Wait, five? And I named. Yeah, one of them. And that's when the history ate us. <laughs> Took and I named one of these cats Frisky. Oh, okay. After just like honor trying to cat. emulate this cool kid at my school, uh-huh. and then I remember telling you, him, I was like, "Oh, you told him, okay?" Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, I named I named my cat Frisky," and he was like, "Oh, cool, that's so cool, man." See, this is what was especially bad about this. Like, Sam wasn't a bully; he was like a nice kid. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> but but it was just I was so desperate and sweaty. I was just like, "I named my cat after the thing you say," and he was like, "Oh, cool, man, cool." If you ever do that thing where like your mom brings in your cat, you should have her bring it in so I can see what the new Frisky looks like. Oh, okay. I, and I did like for that was the other thing like for my for or not for my birthday for everybody's birthday somebody would just bring in a pet. Oh, really? <laughs> Like a show and tell. Yeah, thing? you'd have your mom like bring in, or if your family got a new dog or whatever, you your family would bring in a new dog, and everybody could just see the dog. And so, wow, yeah, this is a wild school frisky. tradition you had. We didn't have anything like that at my elementary school. Yeah, as I'm talking about it, it's not like a thing that everybody does, but it was one of the things that I assumed everybody did. Yeah, so. especially because like now, if kids have allergies or something like, and they could just shit on the floor, I can't see any school like approving that to happen. It's a great point. But that's fun. Like, that's a really fun thing for kids, though, to just have, like, a cool animal interrupt your boring, like, work day of learning about fractions for the first time. Like, no, I want to hang out with a cat or a dog. Much more fun. Yeah. No, that's a great point. You should get a petting zoo in the middle of school. Yeah. For no reason. (laughs) There's not a reason for For, it. For fun. The reason is fun. (laughs) De-stress those children, I guess. Roxy, on a scale from 1 to 9, because the number 10 does not exist in the scary basement, how likely would you say the events of whatever this movie was called? Headcount. Head <laughs> I got it already. How, how likely would you say the events of Headcount are to happen in real life? Uh, so I said 8 out of 9 because of tr- trying to hang out with the cool kids and it maybe not going as planned. It, uh, 8 out of 9. A supernatural sure. monster trying to replace you, though, that's why it's not a 9 out of 9. Pro- probably less likely that those two things happen at once. I could, I hear that. I could guess maybe a monster is going to try and replace you in a different time, but not when you're also trying to hang out with the cool kids, man. <laughs> so eight out of nine. What about you, Mikey? I said a two out of nine. Oh, okay. And I am looking at this from the perspective of the cool kids. Oh. I don't think they would have let him hang out with them for that long. That's a I good think point. Somebody would have said, uh, "Dude, when are you like going home?" I feel like the next morning, everybody's like, well, probably time for you to be going. Well, I think like the actor, he looks kind of normal, but kind of like more conventionally attractive. So I feel like that probably got him a little extra mileage. Whereas like if he were more of a stock normal looking dude, he, he's almost that. He, he's like above that to a degree. He is absolutely bangable. And you're right. That does. Buy yeah. Him. I, I feel like that buys him a half day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like maybe- he does not spend two nights with strangers. Yeah, especially the minute they like find out he's not really that cool. They'd be like, oh, yeah, maybe he's just, you know, he's he's sort of hot, but he's like chill or something. Then they're like, oh, no, he's just like awkward. <laughs> Get him out of here. Oh, I thought he was hot and chill. I have been betrayed. <laughs> he's just hot and awkward. Get out of here. Kick him out in the middle of the night. 
Roxy, last week we made a bet about the movie Headcount. Do you think the third build actor will survive by the end credit metrics? I said yes. I think the third build actor would survive the film. What did you say? Yeah, I said no, just because like I, I couldn't remember exactly and I had no idea who it was going to be. And we can't both say yes. So I said no. <laughs> Roxy, <laughs> I think everybody dies in this movie, right? Um, I mean, Peyton still lives. Uh, and if you yep, count the history you're, you're right. as somebody, he lives. Uh, it lives. Peyton and me. the history. And yep. and listen, Peyton dies just Eventually, off Yeah. If, there, if there's a sequel, Peyton's dead. So. Yeah. so the answer is no. The third build actor who we both had as Zoe. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Morgan is the third build actor. She does not make it through the movie. So Roxy, that bet's going to you. All Meaning, right. The total bet score as it stands is Roxy with 21, Mikey with 19, and Ty with two. All right. Something will happen at 30. What could it be? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's impossible to ever know. Only the before people know. Roxy, let's talk. Okay, listen. The before people, the people who were in the scary basement before, I don't care what they did in the scary basement. They were nowhere near as innovative, as creative, as revolutionarily minded as you and I, because we have something big to announce, don't we? You know, we we sure do. Roxy, we have to announce Halloween 2. We are going to make a second Halloween in the middle of the year. You guys, it's Halloween 2. We're making it happen. Here's the thing. Halloween, it comes in October. It's a great, it's my favorite time of year, without question. We love it. We kind of love Halloween a lot and spooky things here. I don't know if you guys know that about us. What do, what do you do for Halloween, Roxy? What's your go-to Halloween, like, ritual? Oh, man. Just, like, nonstop scary movies, nonstop scary games. I'm usually always watching the movies or playing games with other people. Lots of candy. I love decorating the house, even though I'm not like a huge like seasonal decorator. I love spooky decorations and I get them out and it's a great excuse to have a skeleton on my wall. Even though I could just do that all year, but it feels more special when you only take the skeleton out to put on your wall sometimes. But And that's why we're going to, because you're right, you can't do it all the time, but we are going to simply double it. Yes. Everything you do at the end of October for Halloween, we are going to have Everyone do <laughs> in the middle of July. That's right. July 15th is now officially Halloween 2. Everything that you would do for Halloween, do it again on July 15th. Hell yeah. Get a costume, an excuse to buy yourself some candy, excuse to decorate. Like I said, stock up on scary stories, whether they're creepy pastas or movies mm-hmm. or video games, whatever flavor of spooky you prefer, go for it. So, Mikey, if we're going to make Halloween 2 a thing, we've got to go all out with our costumes. You're right. And we have to be something scary. Because there's nothing I hate more than when people go as, like, a sexy nurse or as, like, Mario and Luigi. Halloween is about being scary. Agreed. I feel the same way. I'm going to go as a werewolf. I have this really cool makeup I've been saving. Super terrifying. That's cool. I'm going to go as the Fonz. Wait, the Fonz? Like... Like the cool biker guy from Happy Days or like a different Fonz? No, no, no. The Fonz. He's the cool biker guy from Happy Days. Mikey, we just talked about this. The Fonz isn't scary. He's not a movie monster. Right, right. I see see the the confusion here. I'm not going as the Fonz regularly. I'm going as the Fonz from the episode when he gets very sick. From which episode? You don't remember when the Fonz got very sick? 
It was just this one episode. He was just like, hey, I'm very sick. Not at all. And that's weird because I'm a big Happy Days fan. I'm going to look this up. Roxy, no, no, no. Hold on. Don't do it. It's honestly the most disturbing thing I ever saw on TV. It was right after Richie left the show, but then he came back because everyone was so sure that the Fonz was going to die. The doctors couldn't find anything wrong with the Fonz, but there was for sure something wrong because he was vomiting up a substance that no one could identify, and he kept chanting a sad song in an unknown language. It's not ringing a bell. What else happened? Something else might jog my memory. Well, I remember Mr. C went, I don't know, Marion, maybe this sickness is punishment for the many sins committed by the Fonz. And I was like, whoa, cold-blooded. It was a Mr. C and Fonz episode? I love those. They're great together. But then the sickness spread to Joni's friend, Jenny Piccolo, and she started chanting too. And geez, it was like extremely fucked up episode. Here we go. I found an episode description. The Fonz got sick in season 11 and the episode only aired in Japan? To the prisons. How did you see it, Mikey? Uh, my brother found a VHS tape deep in a cave with warnings carved into the walls. I got scared and stopped watching, but he sat through the whole thing. Come to think of it, that's about the time when he started chanting that sad song in an unknown language. Okay, you've convinced me. That sounds scary. Okay, so great. We've got our costumes figured out. Sad, scared fawns. You're going to be a werewolf. Yeah. Halloween 2. It's happening July 15th. That is in what? Two weeks? July 15th. Dress up. We'll have a special Halloween 2 episode where we'll have a little Halloween party. We'll invite all the monsters from the scary basement to dress up. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I've been noticing a couple of them looking over very expectantly. I think we're we're gonna have a good turnout. They look pretty hyped, or maybe like they want to eat us like usual. They look a little hungry, but maybe it's hungry for fun. It could be hungry for candy. Yeah, and candy, both of those things at once. This is Halloween too. Is gonna be the one day when we relax our rule that we don't give the monsters creeping around the scary basement anything sweet. We're going to let it go for Halloween, too. That's how much we're excited about it being an, an event. Heck yeah. I have to make some good candy purchases. Where am I going to start? I love candy, Mikey. What's your favorite candy, Roxy? Oh, it's a hard pick because I like a lot of like candy flavors. And then there's stuff like Reese's, which are just always going to be good. I love a Twix. I love a Snickers. I love like mint mm. chocolate things, which is always good for like Christmas time. You get a lot of those flavors. I know. What about you, Mikey? You have a like all time favorite candy bar? I think I'm a I'm a 1A, 1B kind of guy. Like Reese's is 1A, Kit Kats are 1B. Oh, Kit Kats are also very good. Milky Way, 1C. I'm just not like a big uh, like gummy or kind of like artificial sugar type thing. Well, I mean, all of the other <laughs> chocolate candy bars <laughs> will be. Uh, yeah, that was a lie. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I should have said. I guess like the ones that are just outwardly like gummies are good, but like I'm never going to choose you know, a Gushers over a Snickers or something. Oh, absolutely not. No, yeah. fruit candies, I think, I think can go to hell, personally. Well, you heard it here first, Mikey dunking on <laughs> fruit candies. And, and speaking of going to hell, here comes the demon bot. There he is. Mikey and Roxy, I know you are excited about Halloween too, but first you have another movie to watch. The 2014 film Annabelle, directed by John R. Leonetti and starring Ward Horton, Annabelle Wallace, and Alfred Woodard. If you do not, your souls shall be forfeit and I will claim your bodies as my own. All right, Roxy, so for next week, we are going to watch the movie Annabelle. Okay, the first Annabelle movie the of first several. first Annabelle. It's just titled Annabelle. Just Annabelle. Just Annabelle. Let's make a bet. What do you say? Let's do it. 
How many times in the movie Annabelle do you think they will say the word doll? Keeping in mind that Annabelle is a doll. Yeah, um, I actually don't know if I've seen this movie before. I don't think I have, or if I did, I blanked it out. So I have no idea. I'm assuming they're going to, like, be holding the doll or something. Maybe someone will be like, here's this creepy doll. I don't know. Uh, Ten times? <laughs> the movie's maybe, like, ten two times. hours? Ten times in I, two hours? I am going to Price is Right style one-up you and say 11 times. Ooh, okay. Well, all right then. The bet's locked in. The pact has been sealed. I mean, the bet is confirmed. Whoever is closest to the number of times the word doll is said in the film shall be declared the winner. The winner will receive this Raggedy Ann doll. It is not haunted or anything. I pinky swear. Roxy, we've been talking about a lot of scary stuff this week. Histies. Uh, cool kids thinking you're lame. Yep. <laughs> Scariest of <laughs> Let's all. Let's end by talking about something that's making us happy. What's been making you happy this week? Uh, so we're recording this before I have done this, but it will come out after I've done this so I can say it here now. Ooh. Because uh, my parents are slowly actually making their way through our podcast. They're not going to be caught up for a long <laughs> ass time. So I get to surprise my mom with a visit next week, which like, Aww. I haven't seen her in a while. And like, she's going through some health stuff. And every time that we have like a group family call, she's always like, man, I wish I could just hang out with you guys. I could just see you, could just go over to your house give you dinner or something or just you know we could go out shopping somewhere and so me and my dad have devised me coming to surprise her so i'm literally just going to knock on the door and she's going to open the door and i'm going to be standing there <laughs> that rules so we'll see what happens i'm i'm very excited to be able to i don't know she maybe clubs you with a bat <laughs> <laughs> who are you roxy you startled me <laughs> jump scare my mom <laughs> so that's that's gonna be fun and hopefully i'll have some fun stuff that we do while hanging out and everything that I can put on a different episode of what's making me happy that week. Perfect. So what about you, Mikey? What's making you happy this week? I'll tell you what's making me happy, Roxy. There's a YouTuber oh. name of The Beast. T-H-A-B-E-S-T. Okay, so not Mr. The Beast. Beast. The Beast. The Beast. Okay. And uh, he's really good at playing Super Mario Maker, which is where I heard of him initially, but oh. he has just started, just started, he's been doing it for a long time. I just found it. Uh, a series where he plays through every Nintendo 64 game, and he makes oh. a video about each game after he beats it. And uh, what's especially funny to me about this particular YouTuber, his name is The Beast, mm -hmm. and I had only heard other streamers talk about him because he's so good at Mario Maker. Oh. Uh, when I saw him, he's kind of like a sarcastic, nerdy, like, stringy kind of guy. Okay. He is not a beast. He is decidedly not a beast. And it was very funny for me to see him the first time. I thought it was very funny that his name is The Beast. The videos are great. We'll link his YouTube channel. Just seeing him play through, like, bizarre, like, Japanese-only Nintendo 64 games That's and struggle awesome. with them. It's very fun. That's great. That sounds really fun. I want to look those up, too. That sounds really neat. And also, it's just funny when you see the dichotomy of, like, somebody's screen name versus how they look, like, in real yes. life, you know? You know, just like how the Fonz <laughs> his really cool screen name, and then he ended up being some sort of sick <laughs> demon when you actually see him. Not quite as cool. Yeah, it was... But just in the episode. Yeah. Uh, Roxy, each week the demon bot hires a new monster to guard the basement door, and each week we still escape. Let's see who's guarding the basement door this week. Okay. M Mikey, is that what I thought it was? That, that noise? It's a T-Rex, Roxy. Oh my god. It sounds just like Jurassic Park. 
Wait, that's a bad thing, though. I don't want to run into a T-Rex. They got a real T-Rex. Okay, okay. Roxy, Roxy. Our best bet is to stay perfectly still because T-Rexes can sense your movement. Okay. Yeah, I don't really remember. How, how do they deal with T-Rexes in the first Jurassic Park? They just stay still. They ate that guy when he was in a toilet and those kids were Roxy, in a car? Roxy, you're still moving. Okay. How long do we have to stay Until he goes extinct. It happens to all dinosaurs eventually. Oh my god, Mikey, we're going to be here for like a million years, aren't we? If they just brought a new Listen, one. Is this starting as year one of like him not being extinct? Didn't it take like a million, billion years for the dinosaurs to originally go extinct? There's no other choice. We have to wait it out. Mikey, I'm pretty sure the dinosaur is going to beat us in that age game. Are you telling me to die? I'm just going to walk back down these stairs. Mikey, come on. I don't. He can't see down here. What if he can't? Mikey's just going to live upstairs and I guess I'll live in, in the scary basement, which is also not ideal. But at least I can talk in a normal vo tone of voice. Uh, Mikey, I'll bring you some snacks later when, okay. he's, when he's not looking. You cool with that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Now I just got to find a way to open up my secret snack hiding spot. You're what? Peyton and his friends will become <laughs> will become his next victim. I got excited and I punched my mic. <laughs>